You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Today we'll be discussing how general dentists already have everything they need to get started with clear aligners right now in their office. Doctors can begin offering a new treatment with minimal initial investment. Our guest is Dr. Melissa Chotel, a board-certified orthodontist who practices in a multi-specialty practice in Sonora, California. She focuses on the interplay of orthodontics and restorative treatment. Dr. Chotel considers education to be her passion and regularly consults and lectures on dental technology, clear aligner therapy, orthodontics, office efficiency and workflow, and teamwork. Dr. Chotel, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here. So clear aligners is a pretty hot topic, so we're very happy to have you on the show to enlighten us. To begin, I'll ask the first question. How can doctors get started with clear aligners today with just PVS impression material? Well, I always look at, you know, clear aligner therapy um, as being something that most patients come to their general dentist. They consider their general dentist to be their dental home, and they want to get started right away. And often they'll inquire about clear aligner therapy. And if a doctor is ready to get started with offering clear aligner therapy in their office, all they really need to do is to take excellent polyvinyl impressions and have selected the laboratory that they're ready to work with. Most general dentists have already taken photographs and x-rays on their patients. So really the only thing that's missing from the clinical records are the full arch polyvinyl impressions. So this is just a simple way that when a doctor sees a case, if they're ready to get started, often it's something as simple as taking the impression that can begin the process for the patient. You mentioned polyvinyl, PVS. Is that something that you're set on? Is there any particular technique or impression material that's important for this procedure? There are a couple different techniques that can be used. The important part when taking a impression for clear aligner therapy is to make sure that you're using a disposable plastic impression tray and then using a type of polyvinyl that will allow you to capture all the fine details of the patient's dentition. So some of the different techniques that can be used are a light and heavy body style impression similar to a crown and bridge or a putty and a light body material as well. The impression is really critical when getting started with clear aligners because this is going to be the foundation that the aligner companies are going to use when they begin the digital setup for fabricating the patient's clear aligners. So it's important to have a very accurate impression that captures all of the details of the teeth and captures some of the soft tissue as well. It's critical to capture all of these areas because it will lead to a more snug fit of the aligners to the teeth, allowing for more forces to be directed onto the teeth and to complete the movements of the teeth. So by having a detailed and accurate impression, you're going to be improving the mechanical force that the aligner can distribute across the teeth and to help to express more full movements of the teeth in treatment. Okay. Are there any particular materials that you like that you use in your office that you can recommend and, and for what reason? Absolutely. I personally use the Kettenbach Panasil materials, and I use two different impression techniques. If I have a patient that has a lot of detailed dental anatomy, and if I'm hoping to capture um, maybe any areas where there are edentulous spaces or any large undercuts, I'll use a light body and a heavy body in the impression tray. 
And I do this because I'm utilizing the light body material to capture all the fine details, the nooks and crannies of the teeth, and the inner proximal spaces. And when you want to use the heavy body, very similar to taking a crown and bridge impression, so that it can support the light body and help to prevent any distortion. If there's any distortion or tearing of the impression when you're taking it, that's going to affect the fit of the aligners. So I like to utilize the light body and heavy body technique when I have a patient that maybe has very detailed anatomy, tall clinical crowns, or any undercuts, where I'm concerned of having the tray locking in around the teeth and having difficulty removing it because I want to avoid any tearing or distortion of my impression. Okay, so I assume that um, doctors that have a favorite impression material that they're using for their crown and bridge can also use that, I assume, for clear aligners. Well, what I find when I'm using the Panacil material, and funny enough, I actually practiced as a general dentist for four years before I returned to school and became an orthodontist. Okay. And I absolutely <laughs> love doing crown and bridge. So I had the opportunity to use um, the Kettenbach and the Panacil materials when I was practicing crown and bridge dentistry. And I've noticed that from crown and bridge dentistry to orthodontics, I've noticed that I get a very consistent result. With some of the properties of the Kettenbach materials, they're very effective if you're having any trouble with isolation and a lot of saliva. They're very effective at flowing into the interproximal spaces and embrasures and avoiding having any bubbles or blebs in the impressions. The materials themselves are just a very consistent product. So I myself am kind of a, a fanatic about efficiency in an office. And if I can stock one material for more than one procedure, that would be my personal preference. I do practice with a prosthodontist, so we can actually share our Panacil materials, anything that he would need um, on the fixed and restorative side or anything that I would need on the orthodontic side. So it leads to a lot of efficiency for us in our practice. And we both find that we get very consistent results with the materials. Yeah, and that's the name of the game in dentistry is predictable, consistent results uh, with predictable outcomes, with high clinical success. That's great that you're having such success with this. So when it comes to aligners, what applications clinically do heavy body materials and putty apply? I find that using a putty and a light body technique is very helpful if I have a patient um, that maybe has short clinical crowns or more cylindrical teeth, but there are no undercuts where I'm concerned of locking the impression into the surrounding interproximal embrasures. And the technique that I like to use is to place the putty into the impression tray and then to cover it with a light film of plastic, almost like plastic wrap that you would use um, when covering food or a sandwich bag, and to press that over the teeth. If you press the putty over the teeth and then remove it very quickly and remove the plastic, the plastic has helped to create a barrier and a dampening effect over the teeth, and it will create um, something similar to a custom tray in the putty material. You can then fill that with the light body and reseat the impression in the mouth, and you'll manage to capture all of the fine details of the teeth. 
And this is fantastic for use, particularly in patients, maybe who are gaggers or who don't tolerate impressions well, because then you don't have quite as much material flowing when you're using the light body and heavy body technique. Yeah, that's very clever. It creates a very small film, I guess, uh, of material based on the space that was occupied by the plastic. I assume. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With either technique, what I find is critical is really to look at the impressions and to inspect them carefully. Make sure that there are no voids or missing areas. Make sure that the light body material has not torn or pulled anywhere. But very critical is also to capture three to five millimeters below the gingival margin. Because when the aligner companies are designing the clear aligners, after the impressions are evaluated and digitized, the process that they go through with the software when selecting the clinical crowns of the teeth needs to recognize and see the soft tissue as well. So if you're only capturing the teeth and not the soft tissues, you may have difficulty with the fit of the clear aligners. That's a great point. Yeah, that's something that would not be obvious. Uh, you're thinking that really just the, the crowns are really what's coming into play, but uh, that's very, very interesting. To wrap up this podcast, and uh, obviously you've emphasized the importance of taking a good impression. That's really the key to succeeding with clear aligners and finding the right material that's comfortable for the practitioner is also critical. And you've obviously found one. So my last question is, what should doctors be looking for when selecting their first aligner cases? Case selection is critical when looking for your first cases. I myself personally always like to set myself up for success when I'm trying a new technique in my practice. So I always recommend that doctors begin with their patients that are on hygiene recall and look to those patients that are maybe having minor orthodontic relapse or maybe have some restorative concerns that can be complemented by orthodontics and see if there are any cases of maybe broken lower lingual retainers or missing retainers where you can achieve the patient's goals in a short amount of time using simple tooth movements, some small rotations and tipping, and selecting those patients that you're comfortable treating that have a rapport with your practice, and the patients that are not interested in being referred out to the orthodontist. I find that often, for most patients, they're very comfortable in their dental home, in the general dental office, and if they can achieve some of their aesthetic goals, or maybe they need some restorative treatment that'll be complemented by orthodontics, they're far more likely to engage in treatment if they can complete that in the general practice that they're already seeing than having to see an orthodontist in an outside practice. So I often recommend getting started with those patients on hygiene checks and recalls, looking for areas of minor tooth movement, and with patients that are enthusiastic and ready to get started with treatment that you know will be compliant overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. But what about the cases where the patient comes in with normal mandibular anterior crowding, let's say tooth number 24 is just completely rotated, where there's no more room, like you can't even rotate the tooth back because there's not enough room down there based on the mesial movement of the teeth. Are clear aligners useful in that case? Or what's the best way to go there? It depends overall on the patient's occlusion. If you feel that you can move the surrounding teeth and achieve room necessary for that blocked out lower incisor, then absolutely, that's a great case for clear aligners. It's just a matter of making the space first and then moving that tooth into the position. 
from a perspective for records taking, that's actually an excellent example of when you'd want to use a light body and a heavy body material so that you can capture all of the details in the embrasures in those lower crowded incisors. So thank you very much, Dr. Chotel, for your insight. I think you covered it very well, and hopefully we'll have you on more podcasts coming up uh, on the topics of orthodontics and some of the challenges our GPs have. Excellent. It would be a pleasure to come back and do another podcast with you. 